Welcome to the Fire the Family podcast. Did you know the average American is behind on their retirement savings? Imagine if your family could learn to budget, save, and invest enough to become financially independent. I'm here to show you through my own experience exactly how you can get on the path to financial independence and reach retirement on or before the age of 65. From age 19 to 28, Kayla and I have been married for nine years, had three boys, and earned four degrees combined with no student loan debt, and have taken our household income from zero to over $130,000 a year. We both want to invite you to firethefamily.com, where we have free tools and resources that you can use to get started on your financial independence journey. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, this is Nick. Thanks for joining me here on another episode of the Fire the Family podcast. Today, we're going to talk about income trajectory, how to increase your lifetime earning potential. Um, Before that, I want to just say thank you so much for those that have subscribed, for those that have um, continued to listen to these episodes, and uh, I hope that quality and I hope that the uh, entertainment value and educational value is continuing to increase. That's my big goal. Is big focus for 2020 is to uh, really get this podcast going in the right direction. I know it's a new venture for me, so I'm getting used to cutting out all the ums and uhs and uh, trying to leave some space in between my words. So I hope that I'm improving at it and uh, let me know. Leave me some comments or come visit me at firethefamily.com. And as always, uh, well, typically I'm going through mo- one of my most recent blog posts. So I have a blog post on this that I posted today. Uh, December 27th at the time of recording, and it's about income trajectory. So the idea is a trajectory is a flight, like similar to a flight path. It's the path that an object with mass and motion follows through space as a function of time. That's kind of a big uh, definition there, uh, and that is the definition of trajectory. So think of like a rocket. Uh, you have a rocket going from, let's say, 45 degree angle, and the rocket's only going to be able to go as far as the amount of thrust and fuel and thrusters that it has on board. And so if you fill it with a, a little bit of fuel, it's going to have a much lower arc that it's going to travel. If you fill it with a ton of fuel, it's going to have a lot more power and thrust, and thus the arc is going to be much higher. That's similar to what we're thinking, right? And uh, the the rocket with the more fuel and the more thrust is going gonna, is gonna to travel further over time. So the idea of income trajectory is that you put in a lot of work on the front end, you uh, get an education in some form, learn a valuable skill or trade, get some work experience, maybe change employers a few times, and get some promotions or pay raises. And if you do that early enough in your career, uh, before well before your income peaks at the you know, average age that you know, men and women's income peaks, then you're going to set yourself up for a higher income or higher uh, lifetime earning potential. And that's what we're after. Uh, we want to increase our earning potential as fast and as much as possible so you can make more money over your lifetime, which helps you save more money over your lifetime, which ultimately helps you reach things like financial independence quicker uh, and at a more comfortable pace. It's easier to live if you only have to save 25% of your income to reach retirement uh, rather than having to save 50%. So that's what we're after. We want to still save a high level of income um, and have a high savings rate, but the more income you make, Uh, the easier you can achieve that without sacrificing as much. People always want to hammer, all the gurus want to hammer on cutting expenses. And that is fine and you should do that. But you can only cut expenses so far. There comes a point where you have to focus on increasing your income. That's just the 
fact of the matter, your income can go up infinitely, something like Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates, and it can only go down, your expenses can only go down so far because you have to have things like food, shelter, basic needs, right? So that is, there's a, there's a, there's a minimum that you can get to when it comes to expenses, but income can go up forever and ever. The idea of income trajectory is a focus on your income and yourself. Uh, so think of a, think of a kind of a bell curve. Uh, and that bell curve is uh, on a on a chart, and you have you know the x-axis is young and young to old, and the y-axis is low to high. That's your income, and the x-axis is your age. And so as you age from young to old, you're going to your income is going to be slowly, gradually increasing. You're going to hit your peak, and it's going to start decreasing, right? And so what you can do is if you look at uh, if you were to go to the website and look at the chart that I have posted, you're gonna you're gonna see several people that are just kind of going young to old, as I just described. And then there's two lines that really get that income up early on in their age and then that same arc ensues and what happens is they have a higher level of income longer in their career so how can you do this how can you increase your income trajectory you can uh, there's many ways and not all of them are going to be right for everybody but here are some ways that you can increase your income trajectory asking for a raise earning a promotion taking on additional work responsibilities that would probably lead to a promotion or raise seek out new job opportunities negotiate a higher salary, earn a degree or degrees or certifications, learn a valuable skill or trade, network, change industries, move cities, states, and or countries. Uh, those are not all the ways, but those are common and um, probably the most likely for you to choose from. Um, so if you do those things, you're going to likely increase your income trajectory because you're not going to move cities, states, countries for a job if that job's not going to pay you more than what you're currently making. You're not going to typically change industries um, without earning what you were making or more. And typically that's because people end up kind of living at their means. So if you're living on a $50,000 a year salary and you're used to that, it's going to be really difficult for you to learn how to live on a $40,000 a year salary. And so typically, subconsciously, at least when you're looking for a new job, you know that, hey, I can make 50 grand a year. I'm not going to take a job less than that, even if you're changing industries. Now, of course, if you're changing industries because you're trying to have less stress in your life or a whole host of other factors, then great. And some people do that and they take a pay cut, right? So we're just talking about income today. Um, so anything focused on income. Uh, my favorite two things are education and experience. So for many people, education will be college. Um, is that right for everybody? No, but is it a really surefire way to get some um, some time to mature, get a little perspective and uh, learn something that will ultimately help you earn more over your lifetime? Yes. And so it's been well proven and it's undisputed that uh, college graduates earn more than just high school graduates over their lifetime. And all that is that's a very big statement to unpack. But should you be earning a degree that you go $100,000 in debt for that only earns you about 35 grand once you graduate? Probably not. I would advise against that pretty strictly. But if you go and get a degree that's going to earn you maybe 50 grand starting out and it costs you 15 or 20 grand to get that degree, that's probably an okay return on investment. And uh, you'll statistically earn more over your lifetime. Um, so there are, there's a whole lot to go into that, but I don't think education is an island unto itself. I don't think just because you have a college degree means that you are all of a sudden more hireable or you deserve a better job or a higher income. To me, it's just a show of faith that you can stick something out. You can stay committed and you have a growth mindset. 
So people that have extreme fixed mindsets typically have a really tough time in school because they are telling themselves that they're not smart enough to learn certain things. And if you're going to go to school for, let's say, in engineering, you're going to have to learn a lot of different disciplines. You're going to have math and physics and um, basic science, and you're going to have um, a whole bunch of things, probably have to have some sort of background in business and uh, communication. And so going to college, you get kind of a multifaceted exposure to things that you wouldn't get otherwise. Um, and I'm talking about college because I went to college, right? I, I spent the last decade pretty much going to college almost exclusively. And so that is really not as valuable as it would be if you could back that up with experience. And so you have people coming out of college that want or think they deserve a certain level of income because they, they went to school and they got this piece of paper. And that's just not the case. Um, I, would much rather, I would much rather hire people that have experience first and maybe back that up with education than um, I would people with just education. Uh, think of it this way. I used to work on airplanes. And so would you rather have somebody uh, working on your airplane who just got out of airplane mechanic school and really has not much experience and uh, working on your airplane before you fly on it? Or would you rather have somebody that's got a bunch of experience and maybe not the degree to back it up? Um, I, for one, after working on airplanes for five years, I would take the latter. I would take the one that has the experience first and maybe push him to go get a degree so people take him a little more seriously uh, in the workplace. That being said, I mean, that's that's the kind of the best analogy I can think of. I mean, I don't, I don't want to fly on a plane with somebody who's just got the book smarts. I want somebody who's proficient at the job, knows the things to look out for, and um, you know all the stuff that goes along with what you get with you when you get hands-on learning. I'm a very hand, very big hands-on learner. I'm a I have to do it first. I have well not first, but I have to do it at least while I'm learning. And for me, that's hugely important in um, retaining the information and becoming proficient. So I think both having education and experience. I earned my MBA at 28 years old. I understand that I don't have the experience to back that up yet. I'm gaining it every day as an account manager, working on contracts and managing over 200 business accounts. I'm earn, I'm learning. I'm, I'm gaining that experience. But I, I went and got the degree on the front end because I had the benefit to do it. I had the um, energy to do it. I had already been going to school for so long. It really wasn't a lifestyle change for me. And I knew that I didn't really want to go back to school when I was in my 30s or 40s. So for me, I just did the school on the front end. And I'm backfilling that with experience, which is a good thing to do, too. That's not a problem. Here's a little story for you. After separating from the military, I returned to college. Um, I got a job right away at Barnes & Noble um, because I needed to have some sort of an income. I did have one kid, and I was married at the time, and we had just moved from Wichita, Kansas to Washington State, um, I, back, to my, back to our hometown. Um, once I graduated school, um, I began cold calling at a job about 60 to 100 times a day and uh, did that for nine months. This was in 2018. And then I got promoted. I got a promotion to inside sales and did that for another six months. And then I got promoted to account manager. So during this time, my income went from basically zero dollars uh, to over 70,000 um, in less than two years. Um, it'll be two years in February. So my lifetime earning potential is much greater as a result uh, because now my, my baseline is $70,000. My position I'm in now is a lot more room to grow um, for me, for me to get a lot better at it and increase my income drastically. I'm still quite a bit below the people that I'm, I'm working with in that same department. And so I, for one, wouldn't take another job unless I could make at least $70,000, right? Doing that, making those jumps rather than, you know, staying at that first job where I was making about 40 grand, I think how much longer it's going to take me to get a higher level of income uh, than if I make those jumps 
incomes to get to 70 grand. So um, incomes peak at a certain point, and it's statistically for men and women at different levels and different ages. Or so let's start with women. Women reach their peak wages at the age of 44, and that's 60, about $66,700 on average, according to Payscale. Uh, men reach their peak wages at the age of 55, at about $101,200, still according to Payscale.com. I'm going to do my best at navigating this topic based on my own family's experience. There's a whole lot that you can unpack and dive into. And I don't want to, I don't want to get into politics. I don't want to get into anything that's going to really set people off. And so what I can tell you is, is that it's understandable to me that my wife will have a lower lifetime earning potential than myself based on how we spent the last 10 years. So we had our first child at 21 years old, and my wife was a stay-at-home mom for that first year that we had our son. She then began teaching preschool part-time, and she did this up until 2019, about um, June of 2019. And so that's you know that's seven years, right? And she was making part-time wage, so probably about $1,000 a month. Um, she did this up until 2019, and then she started teaching kindergarten in August of 2019, full-time. And so she went from basically $1,000 a month or about twelve grand a year up to about 55, starting out as a teacher. So that's a huge jump, and that's awesome. I'm so proud of her. I'm so grateful for everything that she's done. Um, she had the much, much more difficult job for the last seven years than I did. Um, I just had to go to work and work on school, and uh, she made dinners. She cleaned the house. She did the laundry. She raised the kids. She handled the kids when I was on deployment. Uh, she went to school herself and earned, earned a degree. And so, um, she just, she did so much for our family. Unfortunately, that isn't, you know, obviously doesn't translate into a monetary value or, um, help at all with her income trajectory. And so she's way behind me. All right. And not in a bad way. She just, it's just the fact of the matter. And so while I went from zero to 70,000 in the last seven years, she went from zero or one, a thousand to, or 12,000 to 55,000. Right. So that's a less of a jump. And so, um, as a teacher and she teaching is the same, whether you're man or woman, you're not underpaid based on uh, being a woman or not. And so she's going to earn less during her lifetime than I will. Um, as, as a result, if we both continued working, neither of us got sick or had some terminal disease or right. Any extenuating circumstance. So it makes sense to me. Is it right? I don't know. Um, I don't really have a comment on that. It's just been our experience. Uh, the 10% rule to increasing income. So this is an interesting kind of rule of thumb or an idea that you're not going to take a new opportunity or a promotion or more responsibility unless your employer or future employer is going to pay you at least a 10% increase. It's kind of a psychological thing, but I'm not going to change my, I'm not going to change my company, um, job, career, title, uh, country, state, location, whatever, uh, if I'm going to make less, right? So if somebody wants to hire me, they're going to have to pay me more and offer me more benefits than what I'm currently getting. Um, so that's kind of a, a common sense idea, but you can use that to your benefit. If you're in your 20s or early 30s and you move, move companies or move jobs or positions or get a promotion two or three or four times in that time period, then you take that 10% bump each time. Let's just say it's 10%. It could be 20, it could be 30%. It just depends. And you take that 10% jump each time. You're now making 10, 20, 30% more than you were if you would have stayed at that same job. That's a lot easier to do than earning a raise uh, a lot of times. And your raise isn't going to be nearly as significant as like 10 or 20%. Um, a rule of thumb is that, especially if you're in like software technology or programming or something like that, if you take a, um, your first job out of college, let's say you're 24 years old and you work there for a year, and then you take another job opportunity, you work there for like, let's say two years, and then you take a third job opportunity and you 
end up staying there for good, right? You've now in five years, you've increased your income significantly than if you would have just gone to that third company that you stayed with right away, right? Does that make sense? What you want to avoid is becoming a job hopper or dabbler or somebody that can't, you know, commit to a, a long-term employer. I don't think that's as big of a deal anymore uh, with as many tech companies and startups and, and you know, that type of, in that type of industry. I think it's very common to work at a place for a year, two years, and then move on to another, another opportunity. But you also have to realize that the grass just isn't always greener on the other side. Uh, you have to really consider what you're leaving behind, uh, what, what you currently have, what benefits you currently have, what your income is currently like, what your work-life balance is currently like, and what you're going to be moving into. Um, because it isn't all about income, right? So I'm only talking about income today because that's what the post is on and that's the focus is income trajectory um, and, and increasing your lifetime earning potential. But culture, people, future potential upward mobility, working nights, weekends, holidays, if you're working day shift, swing shift, night shift, all that stuff goes into, uh, into account for it. Income is just a part of that equation, right? And we're, we're um, focused on financial independence. So for me, it's, you know, it's pretty important. Income is pretty important. I, for one, chose not to go that route. I've decided to stick it out of the company that I'm in, um, go for the long haul. And luckily I've earned two promotions in the last two years and was able to, you know, not have to take another job and dramatically increase my, my income. I would say ideally 18 months, 14 to 18 months is probably ideal before you make any big movement. And that's just based on my experience. It took me about four or five months to even get the hang of my first job as a, uh, as a business development rep, uh, cold calling. And I would say it takes a little longer than, than that to build relationships with the people you work around. And, um, you will always want to network at the job that you're at. So you don't want to burn bridges if you decide to leave companies. Cause you never know, especially most, most industries are pretty tight knit and you never know who's going to come, you know, jump and move to that company as well. And you just want to be a good employee and be a good human being. So I think that it takes 14, 18 months to get a proficient, a proficiency level at your job to network uh, and build those relationships, to start excelling at that job and really start building out some bullet points um, as to like what you did for the company and experience that you had at that company before moving on to another opportunity. And I think that will help you kind of exhaust or get an idea of what the what the landscape's like. If there's an opportunity for promotion in the future, if there's, you know, what your future would look like if you stayed at that company. I think it takes a little while for that to develop and for you to get a clear picture of what that looks like. I love the idea of, of never settling. Everywhere I've been, every industry I've worked in, I've seen it. I've seen people that are comfortable and complacent. I worked at the roller skating rink uh, in town before I joined the military. I needed a job and they were the only place that was going to hire me uh, knowing that I was leaving in six months. So I worked there for a little while. It's kind of fun. But I was, I was like 18, 18, 19 years old. And um, there's people there, right? That that's their career. That's where they, they, that's where they decided to settle. And that's not, I mean, that's not wrong. That's their choice. It's their life to do that, right? Um, I saw it in the military. I saw people with extreme fixed mindsets who thought they, they could never go back to school, that they ne could never get out of the military, and that the only thing that they could ever do was work on airplanes. I saw it when I was in higher education. Some of the people that some of the people that teach in higher education, um, or some students even become you know full-time students or lifetime students, and and never want to leave higher education because they're afraid to go into the workforce or people that work in that industry this really get roped into it and, and that becomes their their life is is the higher education i see it at my current job it's human nature i don't want to take away from anybody or or say anything negative but like i said it's everybody's it's everybody's 
experience, um, how they want to choose, how they choose to build their career. Me, for one, I have a personality that would be considered um, what people, some people would call a fast burner. When I was in the military, I knew a couple people that joined that went went to school right away, uh, earned the Air Force degree, made rank really fast, took all the trips, um, got you know put into specific programs to to build that experience up really quickly, and they made rank much quicker than other people. They're typically treated really poorly by the people around them because they were excelling and the other people weren't. And we call them fast burners, right? I would call my family a fast burner family as a civilian because between the ages of 19 and 28, I personally have earned three degrees, including an MBA. Uh, my wife has earned her one degree, her teacher um, teaching degree, which um, she skipped the AA degree and went right to the teaching degree. And then she's going to start her master's here in the spring 2020. I spent five years in the Air Force. I've, we've had three kids. Um, we've been married for nine years. We bought a house. We've drastically increased our income. We've taken on little to no debt over this time period, no student loan debt. I would consider us a fast burning family. And, but that's just my personality. That's just how I'm wired. I can't help it. I can't change it. My friends tell me that I need to slow down. I just, I have, I have trouble doing that. Um, and that, that's kind of my biggest, my biggest downfall, my biggest weakness as a human being, um, is that I'm so future focused and it, it creates a lot of anxiety sometimes for me, like that's something that I actively work on. And so I use it to my advantage and to give me an edge over the people around me. And I feel like I'm, I'm very blessed and grateful to have this as a personality trait, but everybody's different, right? Everybody's so different. What may work for me and what may have worked for me in the past may not work for you, may not be right for you, but the idea of income trajectory is really what I've been working towards. And so doing everything I can early on in my career to really get my income up there quickly um, because I know that statistically and the math checks out that I will earn more over my lifetime, which will make my goal towards financial independence uh, that much easier uh, in the long run. That's the whole thing. That's income trajectory, increasing your lifetime earning potential. Um, If you want to check out the facts figures, the chart that I drew with a Sharpie this morning, check out firethefamily.com. Just click on blog and it's the most recent post that's up there at the time of recording this. Um, I've got a bunch of resources on there. I talk about it every episode I know. The big one I want to talk about today is it's just grab my upcoming ebook. Um, all, the, all I need from you is an email address. I don't even need your name. I just need to know where to send the code when it's ready. And as soon as that's ready, I'm going to send that out to my email list and probably, hopefully I'm going to try to do it earlier so you can give me some feedback on it. I can make some final touch and tweaks and then release it to the general public. I want to make sure that this launch goes really well. Um, I'm going to continue to market it and continue to build it up. You're going to see stuff on the website about it. You're going to hear stuff on the podcast about it. You're going to, if you follow me on Twitter, you're going to see stuff on Twitter about it at fire the family. Um, but it's because I want to um, get this book in a place where it's going to change somebody's life. And the way that it does that is it can, the more people it reaches, the more opportunities it has to really grab a hold of somebody, especially a young person, dramatically change their perspective and outlook on their future. Um, that happened to me when I was in high school. My uh, language arts and leadership teacher, also the basketball coach, planted in my mind the idea of a Roth IRA and investing early for compound interest. I had no idea what he's talking about when I was in high school, but that always stuck with me. That did more for me than anyone else in my entire life when it comes to finances, just planting that little seed. And now look, look, look where we're at, right? I owe that, I owe that man a debt of gratitude. And I told my wife the other day that I'm going to look him up and give him something, a card or meet with him or, or let him know what he did for my life. Um, 20 years ago, or not quite 20, 15 years ago, um, because it's just been so dramatic and important in in what we've done with our life. So I hope to do that for somebody else. And I hope to do that for, for dozens or hundreds of people, right? And um, that's, that's my goal. 
so thank you so much for following along. Thank you for helping uh, in any way, shape, or form, whether that's just a comment or uh, like liking a thumbs upping or, or subscribing to the podcast. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate you more than you know. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful New Year's Eve coming up on 2020. Big things are going to happen this year for all of us. I can feel it. And I just wish you the best. I wish you um, happiness and, and health and prosperity. And thank you again so much.